some of them, you know, right. sort of don't initially think that you know what you're doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I've had to sort of earn that. Once they, I've worked with them on a project and they could see what I did and they saw the end result, they treated me a lot differently. Change is inedible. Like every, every success happens because you change something and you, and you, it was a fear that was within you. Motivation only lasts for a short amount of time, but discipline is what carries you forward. I can't do this on my own. Period. Are you looking at your business in terms of emotion or are you looking at your business in terms of what's practical? I still believe that America is the best country in the world. Where can kid of immigrants with no education become a physician? This is Small Business Celebration, where we're celebrating small businesses for big breakthroughs. Hello, Visioneers. We've got another fantastic episode of Small Business Celebration for you here today. We're going to be talking about new employee responsibilities. We're going to be talking about planning and always the fantastic Visioneer game. And our guest this week is Sarah Ward, the owner of Sarah Ruth Interiors. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Hi, I'm happy to be here. And for Visioneers who don't know who you are, who are you and what is it that you do? So my name is Sarah Ward. Um, I'm owner and lead designer of Sarah Ruth Interiors, and we are a full-service interior design studio. So we help renovate homes, offices, we do everything from just furniture, draperies, decorating, all the way to full new builds, the gamut. And Sarah has the ultimate showroom. We're here sitting in the middle of it. Yes, we are. Where is here? Where are we located at? We are at 2003 20th Street downtown in Bakersfield, California. And the thing that's so neat about this location is this was a house built in when? I think it was built in 1917. It doesn't look 1917. No. <laughs> it doesn't. We've done some updates to it. Well, and what was the house like before you, you started renovating it to turn into your own showroom and your office space? I think some lawyers were in here. It had carpet, it had walls up. We had to remove walls and open it up. We had to float and mud the walls. They were all textured mm. and the ceiling. We did a lot of electrical work, renovated the kitchen, all new flooring. So yeah, we did quite a bit to it. It sounds like you almost gutted the place. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> did you find anything interesting in the walls, like some newspapers from 1912 or whenever it was built? No, I did not, but I have seen that before yeah? Downtown, yeah. in downtown homes, yeah. What are some of the other improvements that you made to the space? We added a lot of built-ins so okay. that we could have some organization with all of our fabrics and samples and wallpapers and some retail area space. So we added a lot of built-ins. We did the reception desk. We upgraded the bathroom, the kitchen. I mean, we pretty much did it. Everything's new. <laughs> How did you get involved with this? Because this was a major project to undertake. You couldn't have just done this straight out the gate. Well, I mean, we've been in business six years. Okay. I started out of my home right. and never knew exactly what it was going to turn into. Sure, right. <laughs> I was happy just, just it being out of my home, but it just escalated and grew and I needed a warehouse first. Right, right. So then we rented a place that was a warehouse with one little office. And then we outgrew that. So I was actually looking for places to lease and the lease was pretty expensive places. So right. I actually found this one for sale. And even with my reno cost and my mortgage, that because right. I, I purchased it, it's still less than the places I was looking at to lease. So I was able to make it happen. Right, somehow. right. Somehow. <laughs> You've been doing this business for 
20 years? 20 years, 20 yes. years, yeah. How did all this start? Because this is not something that just happens overnight. No, so I started when I was 24 yeah. at Red Door Interiors. Okay. And, and that's over on 24th Street, right? Yes, <laughs> it was a design store. So they sold furniture, but we also did window treatments and art, and we would suggest paint colors and things. So we would go out into clients' homes mm -hmm. as decorators. Okay. So that's where I got my start. And I learned all my lessons. You know, I made my mistakes. Poor Robert Taylor was a very kind <laughs> boss to me. Sure, right? Yes, they were great. They, they, I learned a lot, and it was a lot of years that I had for experience, and I built my client base mm. in those years. Right. When I went on my, on my own, right. I started doing, of course, the construction, mm. and that is where I really learned that I have an actual really good gift at that. Yeah. So I'm really good at doing that. And how's that gift come in? I think aesthetically, I just can walk into a space and I know this wall needs to come down, this needs to happen, this needs to be moved here. It just kind of came naturally to me. Right. I think part of that, I like I grew up on construction sites. My right. stepdad was a contractor. Oh, sure. So I've grown up actually on construction sites and like mapping it out. I used to chalk it out. The, sure. The bathroom's here, this is here. Right. Yeah. So right. I, right. I think it's just very natural to me and I, I just kind of had those visions when I go into a space and I didn't even realize how natural that talent would come to me because again for the for the large portion of my career I focused on furniture decor you know a limited amount of design work so I've I learned every single project I've I've learned so much in this last six years and right. So when you've got a customer that wants to have an avocado carpet with peach uh, wallpaper and fuchsia with burgundy stripes uh, tabletop, you've got all that they ready to go. They can do it. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just see the horror on her face as <laughs> I was describing that. Um, that's back in, actually. Oh, <laughs> the boy. 70s is back. <laughs> so when you were helping your dad and you were sketching things out and figuring out, what part of the family business were you part of? Well, I wasn't part of the family business. Okay. I was actually a child doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Showing your dad with chalk, huh? Yeah. Yeah. He would literally take me out to the job sites and just, I would be running around playing while he was building right. all day long. I know he built a house out in Fraser Park and I, he would just take me out there all day long. And so I would just literally be chalking it out and mentally figuring out how this was mapping out. And yeah. <laughs> How did you make the bridge from playing on your dad's housing projects to working at Red Door? I also lived with my grandmother in Cambria okay. as a child for about four years. Right. And she was an artist and those were very formative years for me. Okay. She took me to a lot of creative classes and we did a lot of creative things. She taught me how to sew. I would play with her fabric swatches. So I think I learned a lot about our I was encouraged in my creativity in those years as well. From about, I, from a pretty young age, I knew this is what I wanted to do. Hmm. At about 19, I did an online course and yep. got a, a two-year degree online because there wasn't a place I could go to college in Bakersfield for design. Sure. And I became a mom pretty young, got married young. Did you bring your kids to, to the job site so they could take out the chalk and start marking <laughs> No, they weren't into it. <laughs> okay. They All weren't right. into it like sure. I was. My mother-in-law and my sister-in-law were nurses and that was the era of Tupperware parties okay. and party light candle parties and everybody was doing those things. And so my mother-in-law would, would let me like, 
here's a thousand dollars, decorate this room. And I would paint it myself, make the drapes myself. You know, I would do it myself. And then she would have these parties and then her, her nurse friends would see what I did. Right. And they would literally hire me wow. to do things in their house. So I was literally like 17, 18, 19 years old. Wow. And I was getting people that wanted to me to do things at their house. So that's how it started. <laughs> wow. And then Red Door saw that and snapped you right up. Yeah. And then I started working for them at 24. So yeah, wow. that's how I started. But for the that. business owner, yes. it's different. Yes. Tell us what the skill set or the taste difference between what you have in your home and what you have in the office. What's the difference? My philosophy as a designer is to try to find out what my client's style is. Mm -hmm. So I have my own personal style for right. sure, and I sort of have reflected that here. The best compliment I can get at the end of a project is, this is so me. You, you created this space and it's me. Right. So that's what I try to do as a designer. Um, so like, for example, I just, I did a renovation of a Tudor house in Hagen Oaks right. and it was two guys and they wanted a more masculine look. Right. I tend to be a little more feminine right. in my personal style, Sure. but I think my job or any true, I feel real good designer will make it the client's taste. When the client comes in for the first time, whether it's a house or a business, how does the process start? So the first thing we do would be set up a consultation at the job site so I can get a good look of the scope of work. Oh, and... so you actually go out there? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So you don't come here first. You start there. Um, well, the first initial meeting is usually, yeah, at okay. the job site. Okay. It depends. If it's new construction or something, they may just be sending me plans. You know, it really right. just depends on the project. But if they're renovating a house or a building or something, you, you meet at the job site. Right. And then? And that's going to give me a good feeling of what the scope of work will be, what they're trying to achieve. I also get inspiration, obviously, from the architecture or the space that the, the project is going to happen. You and start getting an overall vision right. of where things are supposed to go. Then we make the plan and, and make the sketches and visualizations and make the selections, all the material selections. and Then you slide the piece of paper across the table and said, this <laughs> bid has two commas in it. That's right. <laughs> Don't hate me. <laughs> you wanted to do this. <laughs> this is all very important when you go through and buy a house. Sometimes you want to redecorate the house. And if you're looking for a brand new house to make one for your own, may I suggest that you talk to Mike Saba, a Zillow Premier agent with Watson Realty. Born, raised, and never left Bakersfield. Give Mike Saba a call at 661-203-8406 or reach him at MikeSaba1 at iCloud.com today. Sherry, who asks, as your business grew, how did you assess what areas your business needed to hire for, what criteria and responsibilities were you looking for beyond the academics and certifications and how did it work? I think hiring is um, an important part of being a business owner. Sure. Um, I think I try to hire people that are smarter than me. Right, sure. <laughs> we all do. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. I think one of my one of my early hires was somebody who could do the renderings and the sketches mm. that I cannot do. People and like to be able to have a vision of what things look like before yes. they buy it. Yeah. Especially doing commercial projects, you need that mm. service. And um, not all design firms in this town offer that service. Right. So that was a great growth to my business. And we were able to kind of 
a great teamwork because um, she can do the renderings and then we can share that with clients and they how, can get a visual. How did you choose, first of all, what the parameters of that position were? And then when you went through the process, the hiring process of finding the right person, what were you looking for? The particular person that I hired has um, advanced skills mm. in that field. And um, there's SketchUp, AutoCAD, there's different mm. renderings that she can do. Okay. So, um, so you made that part of the criteria of the position when you were advertising for it. Or was this one of those situations where you were looking for somebody with a certain skill set and you started asking around? Who do you know? Well, I actually knew her. Okay. <laughs> That's All right. the other thing. When you've been in the industry 20 years, you sometimes know people right. that are in the similar you right. know, industry. So. And you've hired other people into your business as yes, well. Yes, yes. I have, um, I have uh, four employees now. And how did you figure out where, what areas you needed to duplicate yourself and, and, and hire for those positions? Well, I think I'm still learning that. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> to be right. honest. But... Um, uh, I think that there's a lot of help needed in, um, there's a lot of the back end portion of this business. There's a lot of ordering. Um, there's damaged goods that we get. There's claims we have to make. There's, there's a lot of paperwork, um, that I can't run by myself. Right. So purchasing. So I get a lot of help with that, with that kind of stuff. Um, and that's been key because I can't focus on the design if I'm doing sure. <laughs> everything else. Right. Describe for us your style, your voice. Well, I love um, kind of California style. I love Spanish. My personal home is a Spanish style. Um, I love to mix organic. I think as those years living at the beach, you know, I love to have natural textures. I like to mix old with new. Um, I definitely do have a tendency, a tendency to lean more feminine, okay. um, but I like to mix modern too. I like really modern art and modern lighting with maybe a more traditional piece and then um, some modern accessory. I just like to mix it up. When a visioneer comes up to you and wants to hire you to design their house or design their business, what are the criteria you go through to make sure you're the right fit for them in their particular project? And if not, how do you say, okay, you need to go talk to this other person instead? Well, I think I ask a lot of questions mm -hmm. first off and make sure that we are a good fit for each other. So if there's a questionnaire that they fill out okay. and then, yeah, I'm t completely honest. You know, if I don't think that I'm the right designer for them, I will let them know that and maybe somebody else is a better fit. But I think it's important if you're hiring a designer to, that you trust that person, that you have a good rapport and relationship with that person, and that they're not going to overpower you and your voice and your style. How do you find the customer's style to make sure, or their voice, as you just said, to, so that it, you, you two can work together? You know, I don't really know how I, fi how I do okay, that. It's kind enough, of like enough. those fashion shows on HGTV where they they figure out what their fashion is right. and they, I, I just, I don't know. I can get in somebody's head and like figure out what their style is, even if they don't know how to articulate it to me. Hmm. So, and then you have to marry styles sometimes. Sometimes okay. the husband has a style and the wife has a style and you have to sort of mix the two. So that's kind of what I, what I, what I could do well. Are you also a marriage counselor? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For the most part, yes. <laughs> But I have no training in that, so don't. <laughs>
<laughs> Unless you wanted to be hired to go ahead and redesign the house, no marriage uh, advice given at the time. That's right. And that brings us to the Visioneer game. Now, Visioneers, if you're not familiar with the Visioneer game, the way that it works is I have a random word generator here on my phone. I have no idea what the words that are going to be generated are. And more importantly, neither does Sarah. And Sarah has to take that word and somehow associate it with her business. Are you ready? I'm going to do my best. <laughs> okay. Your first word is possibility. Oh. Well, there's a possibility that we can make your space look a whole lot more beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Very strong possibility. <laughs> Very strong possibility. Yes. Well done. Congratulations. Right. Word number one. I got one down. Okay. Our next word is cable. Cable. Mm. We want to hide any cable wires that you have on your wall showing. We don't want to see any cables. We don't want to see any wires. We will be hiding those. Brilliant. Okay. And our third word, the tension is building. Okay. It's make or Give break time. a good one. Oh. An easy one. Oh. Well, in that case, change, change, no. change. <laughs> Begin. Begin. Well, I think it's a great time to begin to improve your home or office. There it is. Yes. It doesn't matter what state it's in. No, it's just a great time for a new beginning. Well, congratulations. You got three out of three. Well done, you. Right. And people are always so nervous about the game. It's not It's not it that hard. Easy. A piece of cake. Yeah. And, and you've done this game before. I did. This is my second time. That's probably why it was uh, See, she, was, she came to our booth during the Executive Association of Kern County's trade show. And that was like a month ago? Yeah. Months ago, something like that. Ago. And you were an expert, so she's well rehearsed. That's what it is. But you mentioned in the last segment that it doesn't matter, you know, what state the, the office is in or what state the building is in. Give us an example of a really tough project that when you walked into at the beginning, you scratched your head and said, yeah, I, I don't know where to begin. I would say there was a cabin in Kernville that I did. <laughs> okay. And there was no front door. So there really? was no, no, you had to go around the back, like to the pool to like enter. And there was hunter green carpet and, you know, the walls were, I was thinking, how am I going to fix this? You know? <laughs> sure. So yeah, I gave them a front door and I took some walls out and rearranged everything. But yeah, the first initial look was a little bit daunting. I guess one way to keep people from or salespeople from knocking on your front door is not to have one in the first place that's that i mean that was what they were going for i guess <laughs> but i ruined it for them <laughs> you you go through a design project and you've stubbed your toes a few times and you've 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 had some challenges along the way and what are some of the things that you you've sat there and said yeah i wish i could have done that differently you definitely learn how to work with different contractors. Mm. I think that was probably the most challenging for me in the beginning. That's right. Well, I think they don't always give you the respect as a, as a woman and right. as a designer. Sure. They kind of, some of them, you know, right. sort of don't initially think that you know what you're doing. <laughs> right, yeah. So I've had to sort of earn that. How did you do that? Once they, I've worked with them on a project and they could see what I did and they saw the end result, they treated me a lot differently. 
when you walk in and you sit there and, and they start talking about retaining walls, you actually know what they're talking about. Yeah. You can't put a door here. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, it's, that's always, that's been challenging for sure. But it, it's now I have great relationships with a lot of architects and contractors in town and they actually refer me. So part of developing your client base is getting out in the public. Yes. And how did you go and find, or what events did you go to, or what kinds of meetings did you get involved with, or groups, or organizations that you got involved with so that you could get around the contractors that you preferred, so you could find the clients that you could get referred to, so you could develop and grow the business in addition to the word of mouth? Well, I think that I'm new to joining those kinds of things. Okay. I am still figuring out which ones to join. I am, did join the hub, which is a downtown business focused mm -hmm. and they focus on bringing up the downtown and they, they do different events and things to do that, which I wanted to be involved in that scene because I believe in bringing up the downtown. But you know, I'm still, I'm still meeting new people. There's still a lot of people that don't know that I'm here. Right. And I'm still learning to get connected with other business owners. And that brings us to our next visionary question, which is brought to you by Mike Saba, a Zillow premier agent with Watson Realty, selling Bakersfield homes since 1992. Give Mike Saba a call at 661-203-8406 or reach him at MikeSaba1 at iCloud.com today. Visioner Rich asks, we're finding that the bigger a business gets, the more variable our appointments get when you're planning your calendar. What system do you use to design the order of importance of one fire you're putting out versus another? I think that in, in my industry, there are different order of importance of tasks mm -hmm. based on the construction mm. timing. There's permits happening. So certain projects are sort of waiting or on hold. Um, waiting for PG&E mm -hmm. to get a transformer yes. for nine, 10, 12 months. Yes. yes. So <laughs> it's a constant juggling act of, of what's on the plate for today. You right. know, what's the most hot, topic or fit, not topic, hot, you know, um, important task that we need to, to knock out today. Or, right. So um, I'm always juggling that. Um, How do you determine which fire is more important? Um, it's whoever's screaming the loudest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair um, enough. But obviously that only works to a certain point, to a certain extent. At, at some point you've got to sit here and decide something's more important well, than that. Well, there's deadlines. Okay. You know, if the plumbing's getting plumbed today, they've got to know where it's going. Right. If the right. electrical's happening today, they've got to know. So it, I have it sort of, you know, we have our clients on the week calendar based mm. off of those deadlines in the construction process. What would you tell your 16 year old self? that was at one of those Tupperware parties? I think that I was, I struggled with confidence as a child and being confident in myself. And I think a lot of young people do, women do. Mm -hmm. um, I think I would tell myself that I'm capable of doing all the things that I want to do and can do. I can do all the things that I think I cannot. Right. And just, I would tell her that she's strong and that she can achieve anything that she sets out to do. It's no secret that the construction industry is a male dominant industry. And yet, some of the most creative and ingenious ideas come from women. 
when you've walked onto those locations, on all those projects, how have you dealt with that? And how have you successfully grown and matured? Well, it, it actually is a challenge. Um, sometimes there's certain men who I've had them talk over me, completely talk to the client like I'm not in the room. I have had, I have dealt with that. I have no problem standing up for myself. Right. I think that if I can show, if I can earn their respect and show what I can do, that's how I've done it. I've, I've earned their trust by just showing that I am knowledgeable and I do know what I'm doing and I can work together with them to provide the best outcome for the client. So once they see that, they, they change their tune. How have you shown that? Um, I think it's just all by making great selections and doing a good job at my job and then them seeing the end result of that mm. and how I work with the client and how I'm respectful to them. And um, I've had guys even say inappropriate things. You know, yeah. you're working with all these subs and right. contractors and I just kind of ignore it and just um, stay professional and that's how I handle it. But um, yeah, I think you're, you're definitely in a man's world and um, they don't give you that respect just off the whim. You have to earn it. Yeah. And I've, I've been okay with that. I've earned it. <laughs> it's no secret right now that there's a lot of business owners that are going through challenges. Is the American dream dead or is it shifting or is the American dream still possible? Well, I think the American dream is still 100% possible. Um, I think you have to believe in yourself and you have to trust your intuition. Um, and um, that's gotten me very far, just trusting my intuition and believing I can do it. And everything is figure outable. You just have to take it one task at a time and one step at a time and don't get overwhelmed by the whole taking on the world. Okay. You can do hard things and you can be successful. Again, trust your intuition, be open to other people's ideas, mm. but you don't have to necessarily, not everybody's ideas are going to be what's working for your vision and your business and what you're trying to achieve. So I think it's a balance of you have to be open to ideas and other people's ideas, but not be closed off, but you also have to trust your gut and trust your intuition and what your vision is for, for what you're trying to achieve and just work hard and you'll get there. Sarah, this has been a real treat. Thank you for joining us here on Small Business Celebration. Thank you for having me. And if visioners want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? They can go to my website at sarahruthinteriors.com. They can call us at 661-817-7129. There's a questionnaire on our website. I'm on Instagram at Sarah Ruth Interiors and Facebook, um, all the things. And if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, notify, and leave a comment. Sarah loves getting all the comments here on Small Business Celebration. And we'll be right back here with our final thought. Visioneers, we have a blog. Yes, simply go to smallbusinesscelebration.com forward slash blog today and get more insights, more information about our guests through our blog. Simply go to smallbusinesscelebration.com forward slash blog today. The Tale of the Sleeping Farmhand. 
Several months ago, I was at a Buttonwill Alliance Club meeting, and this particular chapter happens to have a lot of members that are farmers. And every meeting is an incredibly lively meeting with all kinds of stories that are going on and, and all the great things that are happening in the world of farming. But there was one story that popped out amongst the others, and it was the story of the sleeping farmhand. You see, once upon a time, there was a farmer who wanted to hire a farmhand. And as he's going through all the different applicants for the position, one applicant proudly stood up and said, I can sleep through any storm. Well, the farmer thought this was something rather odd for an applicant to say, but he had many other qualities that were great about him, so he hired him anyway. And sure enough, the storm of the century bared down upon this farm. And when that storm hit, the farmer went looking for the farmhand, and the farmhand was nowhere to be found. So in great anger and disgust, the farmer went out to the barn and discovered that all the windows to the barn had been securely shut. And when the farmer went through the locked front door, he noticed that all the animals inside were all in the right places with all the food that they needed, all the water that they needed, and most of them didn't even realize a storm was going on. Puzzled, he locked the door of the barn behind him and made his way back to the farmhouse, only to discover the farmhand fast asleep in his bed. And that's when the farmer realized that the farmhand had done everything he could to take care of as much as he could. And it didn't matter what the storm did, there was nothing he could do about it anyway until the next morning. The lesson of the sleeping farmhand. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week with Sarah Ward, the owner of Sarah Ruth Interiors, and I hope you learned something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. And we'll see you here again next week when we celebrate another small business making a big breakthrough. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.